0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, Valentine's Day is just two days away, and whether you are eagerly anticipating celebrating the the love of your life with the love of your life, or you are kind of dreading seeing everyone else so happy when you are not, either one demonstrates a pretty important truth. A relationship that lasts is a good thing. Who doesn't want a relationship that lasts? A recent ABC News article um, interviewed Four different couples, each of whom have been married for at least 50 years and asked, you've probably seen things like this, they asked the secrets for their longevity. How do you make your relationship last? Let me read a couple of those to you. And, and the first one I kind of had to read just because how he starts. This is James Wilson. He says, trust in the Lord. That's, that's a key, right? Trust in the Lord and trust in each other. And try to do the right thing all the time. The wrong thing is the more attractive thing, so be careful. And this is what Betty Maddox said. Try to be aware of how the other person feels. And try not to be all about yourself. In other words, it's not about doing what you want and finding ways to get your way. One after another, these these individuals in these long-lasting couples said essentially the same thing. Step back from what you want and do all you can to give the other person what, what they want, especially the guys interviewed here. And you might say, well, then, then you'll never be happy if you don't get your way. Try telling that to these couples who have been married for more than five decades, more than 50 of what they all call very happy years. On the surface, I, I understand we can say, but no, no, no. That doesn't make sense. If I want to be happy, I have to get my way at least some of the time. If I want to be happy, that, that's, i got to look out for me, right? Wrong. There is something way better than that. It's called blessing. In our text for today, we have the introduction to probably the most well-known sermon, the most famous sermon of all time. And in it, Jesus tells us what it means to be blessed. And here, we're not talking about the, you know, the hashtag blessed trend, where you look around and you see all these wonderful things that you have, and you're thankful for that, so you've got to take a picture of it and post it on social media with the hashtag blessed. Now, don't get me wrong, it's a good thing to be thankful, but this is better. What Jesus is talking about here is way better than just being thankful. You see, the blessing Jesus talks about is what happens when you have a relationship with God. It's the attitudes and the lifestyle that will then make things last. We are blessed because we have a relationship with God. We are blessed to have a relationship that lasts. Our text is what's known as the Beatitudes list of of nine statements where Jesus is describing what it means to be blessed and well maybe we should think about before we even get into those statements what that word means blessed just about all the translations agree that's the best English translation of the Greek word that's here but but what does it mean it's kind of a hard question to answer, right? I mean, most of the dictionaries start with words like happy or fortunate. But, but when you read these Beatitudes, when you read the way this word is used elsewhere in Scripture, it's something more than that, right? I, I, uh, many years ago at a men's Bible study, I gave the assignment to come up with a, a, a better definition, a more complete definition for this word blessed. And I gave them 12 different passages of Scripture to look up and, and, and see what it's talking about there. You want to hear the definition they came up with? Blessed equals happy with eschatological significance. I thought that's, that's pretty good. It sounds smart, at least, right? But, but you look at how, how the word is used, and you know it's more than just happiness, right? Happy with eschatological significance. Does that need to be translated a little bit? right eschatological so dealing with eschatology so the the end times the last things what happens at the end so this happiness is not just about our present circumstances per se it goes way beyond there this happiness is 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 what we can handle what we how how we live life knowing how it's all going to end up knowing that we have have a knowing that we have a relationship with god knowing what the end brings it means experiencing the comfort and confidence and absolute certainty that our relationship with God lasts forever blessed is happy with eschatological significance and now nine times in our text Jesus says that's you this is a gospel text Right? It's good news that God has for you. I I think a lot of people read the Beatitudes, and their mind quickly translates it into into a law text. As if Jesus is saying, hey, be poor in spirit, because then you get this good stuff. Be meek, hunger and thirst, be pure in heart. But notice, that's not what Jesus says. The only commands, the only imperatives in this whole thing come way at the end He's talking about your reaction. He says, rejoice and be glad. So with all the rest, Jesus isn't telling you to to be these things. He's telling you that you are these things. Because of who you are as a Christian, you are blessed. Did you notice the the audience for this sermon? Look at verse 1 again. The crowds were there, but notice his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Yeah, there were probably others from those massive crowds that were following him, that were listening in. Maybe even some that didn't believe in him. But here Jesus is teaching his disciples and those who have already been given the gift of faith. Here Jesus is teaching you and he's saying you are blessed to have a relationship that lasts. Because you're a Christian. And yes, as Christians, we also have that sinful nature. We're also sinners at the same time. Until we get to heaven, we'll be dealing with that dichotomy. Because the sinful nature that we inherited from our parents has a very different agenda than what Jesus describes here. And sometimes the the believer, the Christian in us, has a hard time overcoming that. And so we don't always act like what Jesus says here. but, but, But notice... That doesn't change how Jesus states the truth. He just says it. You are blessed. Even in the midst of all the junk that the sinful nature and and, and the sin that our sinful nature encourages us to be a part of, even in the midst of all the junk that that brings, even in the midst of the, the, the most difficult times, even the ones we brought on ourselves, God says, hey Christian, you are blessed. Why? Because he says so. And here we are listening to Jesus. True God became true man to make this true. You are blessed. And you know how he made it true, right? The blessed one from all eternity traded places with you to take the suffering that that your sins bring. I mean, just just think about how he fulfilled each of those beatitudes. The eternally rich one became poor. The victor mourned. The all-glorious one humbled himself to meekly be led like a lamb to the slaughter. The founder of the feast hungered and thirsted. God suffered what we had coming also that Jesus could say to you, believer, you are blessed. You are blessed to have a relationship with God. You are blessed to have a relationship that lasts. And that changes everything for you. That means that your sins are forgiven. It means you know where you're going. It means your future is assured. It means your glory is in God and not in what everybody else thinks about you. And that makes a huge difference. So walk right through these Beatitudes. Being a Christian, knowing all of that, because of what Jesus did for you, that means you're able to be poor in spirit. In other words, you don't have to be proud. You don't have to to make sure everyone knows how great you are. You don't have to toot your own horn, because you know your greatness isn't in you. A believer knows that they've sinned, that they've fallen short of God's glory just like everyone knows that. And so instead of having to stand up before God and in front of everybody else and pretend like we're all good, you can do what I heard you do just what 20 minutes ago. You confess before God, God, I've messed up. I'm a sinner and I've sinned and I need your help. I need your forgiveness and what does God do? He declares it so. Because of what Jesus has done. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And then the next one kind of flows from that, right? Blessed are those who mourn. Being poor in spirit, instead of all puffed up, we know what we have to mourn over. Our mistakes and our sins and the pain that that brings. And when we do mourn, look at the reality. You will be comforted. The comfort of knowing God's forgiveness. The comfort of while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The, the, the comfort that you are blessed to have a relationship with God. It's all grace. You keep going. Look at verse 5. Our society is constantly encouraging you to stand up for your rights, Right? You better stick up for yourself because no one else is going to. If someone hurts you, you better hurt them. You got to claim what's yours because no one's going to give it to you. So people are constantly battling in politics, in our community, even in our homes, as husband and wife hold grudges and keep score. But Jesus says, "You're, You're something else, right? You are blessed. You are meek. And you're blessed because of that. You see, when you follow the sinful nature and and society and make sure you get yours, well, you also get the pain that goes along with it. Because it's never going to seem fair when you're not looking at things through the the lens of God's blessings to you. And so there's always going to be more pain. Yet here stands Jesus offering something way better. When you live your Christian faith, And forgive instead of rub in. When you love instead of demand. When you sacrifice instead of insults. You are blessed. Heaven is yours. Even with all your mistakes. Blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. God gives more than you could ever extract. From the person you're battling with. Let's just trust him to do that. And then the next. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. When when what you care about is righteousness, the the righteousness that Jesus won for you and God gives to you, when what you care about is righteousness, learning more about Him and growing in your ability to live that righteousness, when you cherish the time that that you get to to grow together in His Word, When, when your time with your God every day is as important to you as eating and drinking, right, hungering and thirsting for it, well, he says you will be filled. God's word works. He gives what we need. And then verse seven. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I mean, this one could be a proverb. This is just generically true, right? When, when you care about other people and, and, and care about what they're going through and, and want to help them with what they're going through, well, what goes around comes around, right? That comes back to you. But, but this is better than that. This is a, a God thing. God gives us, believers, mercy. Mercy. He loved us when we didn't deserve it, and that motivates in us that mercy for others. And when we show that mercy to others, well, well, we do it because God has shown mercy to us, and God will show mercy to us because His mercies never fail. And He keeps going. Blessed are the pure in heart. Just gotta pause there for a second. God just called me, me, you, pure in heart. That's grace. He says, Blessed are the peacemakers. That's what Christians do. By by being what Christians are, you make peace when you're not always worried about what you're getting out of everything. And the benefit, people will notice that you're acting like Jesus and you will be called children of God. And then look at the last ones you're blessed even when you're persecuted. Because you know what really matters. You know you have heaven, and whatever insults or inconveniences this world wants to throw at you, well, well you can handle it. Because, yes, yeah, Satan, the world, our sinful nature, they hate God, and so, of course, they're going to try to make your lives miserable, but they can't. Not when you remember who you are. Not when you remember what you are. You are blessed to have a relationship with God. So this Valentine's Day, celebrate your relationship with your significant other if, if you have one. That's a gift from God. Cherish it. Exercise your Christianity in it. Appreciate its blessings. But even if you don't have one or, or, or yours isn't exactly what you, you had hoped it would be, well, you can handle that too. Because you are blessed to have a relationship with God. You are blessed to have a relationship that lasts for eternity. And so you can be what he calls you. In Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise and continue.